Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Waters! All right, here we go, 336. Uh, Brian Howe, someone we got to know quite a bit back when a, a lot of the percolating, when Texas and OU and the SEC and the Big 12 reacted with four schools, and then they had to react again because of USC and UCLA and uh, trying to stabilize everything, and the Pac-12 was looking around going, what about us? He joins us on 365 Sports with Craig and David Smoke. And, Brian, thank you very much for your time. So when the schedule came out earlier this week, was there anything in particular, a couple of bullet points from either the Colorado football program or you when you saw it released? Yeah, I mean, the first couple of things were, you know, uh, some rivalries, some old rivalries. You get to start and end with some old rivalries with Baylor and Oklahoma State and Kansas, things like that. Um, you know, I thought it was a good thing, too, that um, in the conference, there's no back-to-back road trips for the Buffs, and so I think that's a big deal for them as well. Brian, uh, what has kind of the offseason been like thus far for Dion and company? I don't know if he's, he's commented on the schedule, uh, given that it was just released yesterday, but what's been sort of the theme thus far and kind of the direction that they're headed after year number one? Yeah, his, his only comment, he was on Undisputed yesterday. He doesn't talk to us, but um, <laughs> he was on Undisputed yesterday. But uh, I, I think they're excited about uh, what they're doing. I mean, they, they've really upgraded the roster, in my opinion, uh, through the transfer portal. Um, only signed six high school kids, but they're really good. Um, and then also, uh, you know, some really good transfer they've gotten. So um, I think that they're really excited about this uh, roster and, and what they've got going on going into this next season. We knew that they were going to have some transition, not as much as the year before, but they had to fill the offensive line. And I, I watched your feed, and it was one guy after another, whether transfer portal or players coming in that were high school players. Could they have done it any better than they did in the end? No, it was actually kind of funny because I, I, there was a, an article that came out in The Athletic uh, where they quoted anonymous coaches, and it was early December, and one of the coaches literally said, there's no way in blank you're going to find a new offensive line, and they found one in three days about two weeks later. So, um, it was, And literally it was like five or six transfers plus Jordan Seaton, the number one uh, offensive line recruit in the country, committed, and that was all within about a three-day period, and um, you really couldn't have done it better. Now, you maybe could have gotten uh, – you could argue you could have gotten better offensive linemen than what they got. But, I mean, every transfer offensive lineman they've got was a starter at their FBS program this last year. And so um, I think that's a, an upgrade of what they got last year. Brian, obviously uh, you mentioned there having some old rivals in the Big 12. There's not going to be a Texas. They had some very interesting games with, with Colorado and Oklahoma, obviously. But who would you say, kind of brushing the dust off the old Big 12, uh, you know, I guess glossary there, who, who did you consider or who do Buffs fans maybe get most excited about potentially when it comes to the older Big 12 schools? Well, I know some some guys that played uh, during those er- those those years and – Obviously, Nebraska was a big one. They're not here anymore. And Oklahoma was a big one. But, um, you know, Kansas State is one that uh, a lot of old buffs are excited about. There were some, you know, knockdown, dragout games with the Wildcats 
over the years. I think they're excited about that one. And, and there were some really good games with Oklahoma State and, you know, Baylor as well. And, you know, Texas Tech, they didn't – they never really played them, like, annually. They, they, they played them a few times during the, 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 the Big 12 years. But I think it's mo- mostly those three. You know, it's kind of uh, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Baylor. Kansas as well, but Kansas was not really good at football back then. And uh, I think it'll be a better rivalry now. So, uh, you know, we had all the, the summer of no one knew, and then all of a sudden at the end of the summer, pop, uh, everything happens. Colorado was the ones that said, hey, we're going to put our you-know-what out there. We're going first, and they did. And then eventually Arizona, Utah, and Arizona State. Is there still a lot of talk about the future, or is it right now more about right now? It's more about right now. And, I, you know, Colorado does have its eye towards long-term, and that's part of what this move is is positioning themselves to be, you know, at have a seat at the table at the next round of realignment, which we know is about five, six years away. Uh, but they're really focused on the Big 12, and, and they're excited to be there, and they think that being here is going to set them up for, you know, the future. And whether that's, you know, the Big 12 expands and becomes better or, you know, whether it's somewhere else. But um, more of their focus is on the Big 12. I mean, they got enough to worry about there, and you know, there's a lot of rebranding that has to be done. You know, uh, just talking with somebody the other day, uh, the amount of Pac-12 logos that are just scattered around this the campus that have got to be, uh, you know, painted over, you know, <laughs> is, is insane. So um, there's a lot of rebranding stuff that has to happen. So I think they're pretty focused on right now. Yeah, but that's a, it's a fun treasure hunter, like a Where's Waldo type of game to find the, all the Pac-12 right. logos. Um, so of the four coming in, obviously Colorado doesn't play itself, but they won't play Arizona State here in year number one. Is there any substantial kind of – feel either with Utah or Arizona? Is that a game that is exciting to have carried over from the Pac-12? Would you consider much history there? How would you describe Colorado, Arizona, and, and Utah? Yeah, it's funny because this will be the, I can't remember if it's fourth or fifth, the different conference that CU and Utah have been in together just over the years. They've moved conferences a lot. but And, and the Pac-12 tried to make that the rivalry. That was always a rivalry week, weekend game, but it never felt like a rivalry. And part of it is that Utah has just kind of dominated it. Uh, so there's never really that animosity, but they've played each other so much over the years that there is that. Um, Arizona, I think, because both programs have sort of been on some same trajectories at times, I think there's some animosity there. But that's even more of a basketball thing than football. But they've played some really good football games. And so I think there is some carryover there, um, but it's not like they're bitter rivals or anything like that. So uh, I know basketball season is going on in Colorado. That's not something that wasn't a part of what they, uh, the main reason anybody morphed into what we have now is coming up to be the Big 12. But the women have had a great start. Where, where is the basketball program when it comes to uh, men's basketball as they enter the Big 12, which is a battering ram? Yeah, they're, they're a pretty good program right now. They're not having the, the type of season people thought they might have. I mean, they've got, Cody Williams, who some project as the number one pick in the draft this year, um, if he leaves, if he's one and done, you know, a couple other you know, potential NBA picks, and they're not having that dominant year that people thought they might have, but they're still one of the better teams in the Pac-12. Uh, but the Pac-12 is not nearly as good as what the Big 12 is in men's basketball, and so they would probably be even with this roster, which will be different next year. Um, they're probably a middle of the pack uh, Big 12 team, but they're but they're a pretty good basketball team, and then. On the women's side, uh, that's a program that could come in and you know compete for a Big 12 title next year. Well, they opened up. Weren't they the ones that opened up with a win against defending champion LSU? Yeah, they beat LSU in the opener, and uh, they're sitting at number six in the country right now. So 
Uh, I mean, they've got a legitimate shot to be, you know, a Final Four type of team this year. So uh, what does Dion have at the top of the uh, to-do list right now? Uh, Defensive coordinator, is that right? Yeah, and we're still waiting on that one. Uh, You know, there's a lot of uh, impatient fans right now. You know, again, on Undisputed, uh, a couple days ago, Dion said, well, that could could happen here in the next couple days or maybe even today. Well, (laughs) here we are a couple days later. It still hasn't happened yet. So we're still waiting on that one and have been waiting for a while. Um, It sounds like it's going to be someone from the NFL ranks because he's all the you know hints he's been dropping, but uh, we're still waiting on that one. That's kind of the next thing. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.